0: Welcome to Man Talk, everything you wanted to know about men's health, but were afraid to ask. Hi, thanks for tuning in to Man Talk, the show that attempts to answer your personal questions with qualified professionals on a variety of subjects that concern most of our listeners. My name is Stuart, the voice of reason, along with my brilliant co-host, Michael, the voice of choice. We will inform, educate, make you laugh, and give you insight into the sometimes complicated world of men's health. You're not alone out there in what you're experiencing or feeling. There's a band of brothers out there going through the same stuff. So listen up, guys and gals, and get ready to learn, live, and enjoy your life. And above all, try to flush those cares away. Our guest today is Dr. Snow Slade, one of our area's top ophthalmologists. Welcome to Man Talk, Dr. Slade. And thank you for joining Michael and I here on Man Talk. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about your background and how you became interested in ophthalmology?
1: Absolutely. Um, I'm a, a cataract and glaucoma specialist and uh, in, in, in practice here in the St. George area. grew up in Arizona uh, on a small farm and then uh, eventually went to um, undergrad medical school in Arizona and then did all my wildcats. eye training. Wildcats. That's down, right. that's right. We've got
2: another guy here.
1: Are you from Arizona?
2: I uh, yeah. uh, no. I graduated from
1: U of A. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. Chicago boy. Probably a couple of years before you. Yeah. <laughs> so I went to medical school in, uh, uh, in Tucson, and then did all my eye training at the University of Utah.
0: Do animals have eye problems?
1: Yeah, they do. In fact, I think they're very. I, I, I haven't done a lot of work on animals, <laughs> but so I hear they're. A lot of the eye problems that we have are... Uh, are... Stuart, Stuart, you want to
2: have a business doing contacts for dogs?
0: No, I've never seen animals with glasses. Have you? My glasses. No, I just
2: figured they had implants of some sort. Oh. So, Dr. Slade, before we talk about specific diseases of the eyes, diseases of the eyes, can you tell our listeners about what constitutes prudent eye care for us older men? I know a lot of men who never had regular eye exams, even though they'd always see their primary care physician for an annual physical, they'd see their dentist every six months.
1: How come men are so lax on their eyes? In preparing for this, I I was wondering why we are so lax, right? Since children, we learn to go to the the dentist every six months, but unless you have an eye problem or can't see, you you tend not to get an eye exam. Um, So I can't answer why men are so lax, but we shouldn't be. Um, The the American Academy of Ophthalmology, our, our parent organization, recommends that we have an eye exam every one to two years after the age of sixty-five. Or if you have any eye problems at all, you should get an exam, you know, as, as soon as possible. And that exam would be an ophthalmologist as opposed to an optometrist? Not necessarily. I think an eye exam by any eye care professional, whether optometrist or, or ophthalmologist. But is an
0: optometrist I guess much limit more limited than an ophthalmologist in really diagnosing problems?
1: Yeah, that that that's true. Um while I, I don't know exactly the uh, curriculum of optometry, optometry is, is more geared towards um, correcting refractive error of the eyes, so glasses, contacts, whereas an ophthalmologist has gone to medical school and does extensive training in the pathology of eyes, so specifically any, any eye disease, although some optometrists are, are um, have some training in, in some pathology. I but in general... A, I lot, all, my
2: grandfather, all of his brothers were optometrists and still... Our optometrists in different parts of the country. Uh-huh. Um, now, three generations later, and all that I remember as a kid was that those families all had cabin cruisers out on the lake, and they had Bentleys and Rolls Royces <laughs> wow. in their garage. What are, you, I, what are you implying? I, I was always wondering. <laughs> I, I was always wondering about that, but I did see you drive up in your Bentley outside. Oh yeah, right. Late. Yeah. <laughs> you might be oh, only yeah, one of know. two in town here. But. <laughs>
0: Um, I have a question. So, Dr. Slade, what are the three top eye issues that men over 60 should be thinking about or aware of that could possibly uh, impact their lives?
1: Well, I, there's several, but I would I would say in the demographics I have here in, in southern Utah, probably in, in no particular order, um, dry eye, which affects a lot of us. Actually, most of us to some degree or another. Um, certainly uh, cataracts are a big one, and they can... Of course, they can have presented any age, but in particular, they present um, in our uh, more senior years. And then another one I see very commonly is macular degeneration.
0: So which one um, should men and or women be more concerned about regarding their eyesight? I mean, we have two eyes. We want to take care of them as best we can and um, see the world as best we can. So, I mean, what are the things that they... What are the treatments available if a problem occurs? Say, pick any of the three you just mentioned, and what would you do if you saw a person with a particular or, situation? Or, or
1: what would the symptoms be that yeah. would bring us in to see you in the first place? Yeah, those are great questions. Um, perhaps the most important of the three that I mentioned is macular degeneration, because that is one that can can permanently um, affect vision, uh, meaning that can, you can have irreversible vision loss. Um, that would typically presents in its early stages as um, um, blurry vision. Um, it wouldn't be until the more advanced stages that you would lose um, um, your central vision altogether so that only your peripheral vision um, 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 remained. There's different forms of macular degeneration. Um, you know, is it in the lay terms, there's the dry form, what we call non-exudative, and then there's the wet form um, or exudative type of macular degeneration. but um, so, typically, though not always, but typically there'll be a family history of macular degeneration. So that um, um, you know, if you have anybody in your family, aunt's, uncle's, parents, grandparents that went uh, had some vision loss later, in, in, you know, in their later years, that would be an indication for you to get in and get an eye exam. Um, now, while there's no, there's no, uh, shall I say, you know, there's no cure for macular degeneration, but there are some things you can do to slow it down or prevent progression. Um, Some of that's a lifestyle change, um, and some of that are there's some supplements, some vitamin supplements that that, that will help.
0: What would be a lifestyle change, I mean, to protect your eyes?
1: Yeah, here in southern Utah where we have a lot of UV exposure, the first thing would be just to wear sunglasses. A lot of eye diseases, um, including macular degeneration, could be um, um, at least slowed down by uh, using uh, UV um, protection, so sunglasses with Mm -hmm. uh, UV protection. And then diet, diet's a huge thing. So we know the incidence of macular degeneration in the U.S. is much higher than it is in other countries, specifically Asia. Um, Some of that is thought to be uh, because of our diets. In Asia, there there is, um, um, of course, the diet's high in fish, and we think there's some health benefits towards macular degeneration by having a a, a diet high in in fish. Um, So um, um, we can get a lot of those supplements from changing our diets to eat more fish to eating more fruits and vegetables, we call it the leafy greens and, and the variety colorful fruits and vegetables, usually um, 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 contains the ingredients that you need to um, reduce the progression of macular degeneration. And that will actually reduce it and improve it, but it won't cure it. Correct. There was a big study that came out. Ooh, it's probably been it's probably been 20 years ago. It was called the Age Related or is called the Age Related Eye Disease Study. And there was a, a follow up study to that, and it's called the Age AIDS, Related Eye Disease Study Part 2. But that study um, showed us that vitamins and certain comp- combinations, certain supplements, antioxidants, can actually help to reduce or slow the progression of macular degeneration, too. And those supplements are widely, widely available. Um, so you can get them at any pharmacy. What type, what are they? Yeah, so um, um, among antioxidants, they have uh, the two big ones that people talk about are zeaxanthine. And, uh, um, what's the, how does sp- how would uh, zeaxanthin sp- is Z E A T H I N E or thereabout <laughs> past the spelling bee? Uh, zeaxanthin, what's the other one? And man, it is escaping me right now, but it will come to me. Is
0: it magnesium? Is one of them? That no, that not really? it well, could it's be
1: magnesium in there. Um, a lot of the vitamin, uh, vitamin B supplements are in there. Um, and the other one's going to come to me in just a So minute. would
2: you recommend uh, our listeners
1: take a prophylactic approach and use this ahead of time? That's a good question. So the evidence of that study, the study that I mentioned, didn't show a benefit of using them prophylactically. So just now, after it's diagnosed. Right, and even even in, only at a certain level after it's diagnosed. So early macular degeneration, it's not necessarily – there's no evidence to suggest that it slows it down. When you get to the more moderate levels is where it's recommended. However, with my patients um, – I kind of think like you. I, if you have a history of it and, and any right. early signs, I think you you know it doesn't hurt to start taking those vitamins and, and changing your lifestyle if needed.
2: And what do you do for the? What, what is
1: it that you do? You have to
2: go get shots every month or
1: medication? What's the What's the ongoing treatment? Yeah. So if it's the dry form, there there is no treatment other than what I've mentioned. If it's the wet form, so wet means that um, that there's been some bleeding. So if the dry goes on long enough or progresses, it can change so that the vessels in the back of the eye um, leak, and then that can cause Devastating vision loss, but the treatment for that is is medications in the eye, so medications that that, that shut down the growth of those ves- blood vessels that are leaking. Hmm. And it's a very common um, it's a very common problem. Many people have um, uh, or need those injections. Um, sometimes it's as frequently as uh, every month, or or you know, or of course less frequently. But it's it's a it's a big problem across the world. Is
2: there a percentage between of cases? Uh, dry eye versus wet
1: eye? Yeah, I, I don't know those numbers off the top of my head. I, mean, half and half or I would say, no, I would say there's far more dry cases than than wet. Uh, but I, I don't know the specific breakdown.
0: But and, we, the, and when you talk about shots in the, is that a needle inserted in the eye? It is. Really? Yep. And the patient it, see the needle going, I mean, how does that, uh, I mean, I kind of get a little chilly when I, think about a needle in the, the doctor
2: slate is your doctor
0: i know and he's a great doctor that's why
2: he's my i'm getting doctor. nervous too and i haven't even seen him yet <laughs>
0: yeah
1: so the needles it's it, I, perhaps we've seen too many alien movies where the needles coming down into the eye it's not quite like that but there's some anesthetic that, that that's placed and then the needle just most patients would say that they don't even feel it really okay yeah
2: i the, do remember my younger son uh I think my older son hurled some they were throwing wood at each other. They were very small and the younger one was probably five years old. and a splinter of wood got in his eye and a, a close friend of mine back in Illinois is an ophthalmologist. I called him and said, yeah, bring him right to the office. And I remember him talking to my son and talking and talking and the whole time he's reaching right in with his left. he was left at it and pulling this thing. I was in the room watching, and I just I couldn't believe that my son didn't freak out, that I didn't freak out. And my buddy Steve, the doctor, he's just pulling this out like nothing.
0: (laughs) It's remarkable. (laughs) I'm surprised you didn't pass out, Michael, with your... uh... I'm surprised I didn't (laughs) pass out, too.
2: I may have passed out. Maybe I just don't remember.
0: You know, I heard a story, Diane, my wife, that um, Dr. Slade knows... um, there was a guy in our area that, uh, you know, the gopher plants that grow, you know, pretty much ubiquitously all over the place. There was gopher yeah, yeah, plants. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Well, this guy got, there's a they're poisonous and they, they emit some sort of salve or something that's very sticky. And he got it in his eye and he had to be rushed to the emergency room where they flushed out the substance in his eye. Uh, I think that turned out okay. But then something, he developed an infection shortly thereafter and it was kind of messy. He almost lost his vision in that particular line, so watch out for your gopher plant.
2: (laughs) Well, I actually have, uh, my wife and I have an experience with a $2,000 cactus. We were in Scottsdale, and we went to the cactus farm, bought a bunch of small cactus because they're real cheap, and you can bring them up here and grow them very easily. And I hit a bump on the dirt road on the way out of the cactus farm, and it was, uh, I forget the name of the the cactus, and this powder went all through the car, and it got in my wife's eye, ah, and we ended up at Mayo Clinic emergency. Twenty five hundred dollars later, after they washed her eye out, we, we drove home. I but said, you got a good deal on a cactus. Oh. And I threw it. I kicked it out of the car. <laughs> the rest of the cactus came, but that that species didn't make it up here. We do have them. I think you have them at your house. Okay, We've see, I've seen
1: quite a few yucca injuries in the last few years. Yeah, you can really just, stick your eye in yeah, those things. Just had one this week. Yeah,
2: they're really sharp. Do you see a lot of? Do you see a lot of patients come in with eye issues from
1: cactus? Uh,
0: yeah, every <laughs> once in a while, a few times a year. <laughs> it's probably even yeah.
1: worse down in Arizona, yeah. Nevada. Yeah, like I said, here it seems to be yuccas. That yeah, get those yuccas out. are
0: deadly. I mean, they're really strong and uh, sharp, and uh, you don't realize you. are Pick up your head if you're not wearing glass. You know, protective eyewear while you're working in a garden. Stick your eye in that. That's why I
2: stay out of the garden. Me too. (laughs) So, Stuart, do we have any email questions this week?
0: We do, actually. And um, I think we have a question. Let's see here that we have a question from Todd in Sacramento. And, quote, Todd writes, I'm a 56-year-old long-haul truck driver. I've never been home long enough to see various specialists on any regular basis. My medical care is pretty much get sick, push through, move on. Lately, I've been noticing that my eyes get blurry more and more when I'm driving at night, and all the lights I see seem to intensify. I'm concerned that my driving and my livelihood may be affected. Is there anything really wrong with me, or what should I do?
1: Well... um. Get the writer. Who is who is his right now? Is this, uh, the name Todd. Tom? Todd in Sacramento. Todd. So Todd in Sacramento. I would encourage him to find find time to uh, to see an eye eye professional. So get an eye exam. Um, the symptoms that he has doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, anything terrible is going wrong, but um, but he does need an eye exam to figure out what it is. It could be something um, as simple as just eating a pair of glasses. Um, perhaps with time, he's becoming more nearsighted or farsighted or developing some astigmatism, and glasses would fix that. Or sometimes, especially if a truck driver with long haul with with the air conditioning going into, you can just develop dry eye, which can also cause those symptoms. And then lastly, of course, there could be other eye diseases that cause that too. But um, at 60, I wouldn't expect, or at, uh, I guess at 58, I should say, I wouldn't expect that uh, there's uh, much of a cataract, although there could be. So probably dry eye or just a glasses check, But but he should find time to... To come
0: in. You know, years ago, we used to um, do business with a guy that sold those amber-colored glasses on TV, remember? And they talked about cutting the glare down and seeing better at night.
2: Was that the, uh, on right after the Pet Rock commercial?
0: Yeah, kind of. Um, guy made a fortune, actually. And, so did the uh, Pet Rock guy. <laughs> I know, but he <laughs> flamed out. This guy's still in the eyewear business. But anyway, uh, is that color amber? Uh, does it really... Uh, the, uh, you know,
1: I get that a lot from my patients, and I don't. I don't have a great answer for that. I have some pa- just anecdotally I have some patients that love that 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 tint, and have others that don't feel like it makes much of a difference. Really? I don't know that there's any specific studies. Certainly, I've never seen any that would suggest that that, that is especially helpful. Um, there are there are some tints that are available that are known and scientifically to shown to, to cut glare and things, but mm. but that night driving, it seems to be seems to be patient dependent whether it, it's helpful or not.
2: I I have. I can relate to Todd as far as not the long haul truck driving, but I can relate to the, uh, the, 19th, glare, n- the, the nighttime glare. driving and just feeling like as it's getting more toward dusk and lights are coming up that you know, they're different colors and they're and it you know, it is it, it bothers me more.
1: At yeah, dusk is the hardest time um, between for our the, vision, yeah. 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 yeah, as that sun's setting, it's the hardest time for our eyes to, to it, adjust, contrast it. It's adjust, worse. Yeah. yeah.
2: So, um, you said that one of the answers for Todd might be dry eye and you had earlier said that that was one of the, t- that was actually the first thing you mentioned yeah. in terms of,
1: of issues that are uh, older, might hit older, uh, patients. So let's, let's talk about dry eye. It dry eye is a significant problem and it's, um, is a, you know, as an ophthalmologist, it's, it's, it's a frustrating disease cause we don't have, we don't have especially good treatments for uh dry eye, um, especially given how epidemic it is, um, so it, it's certainly a, um, a disease that we see, of, uh, of especially in places that are arid like, um, like it is here in southern Utah. Nevada is the driest state in the country, followed by Utah and then Arizona. So we're right in the thick of it. And uh, as, we, as we collect a few birthdays and get a little bit older, um, dry eye is, uh, is more prevalent as well. Um, so the first thing is just uh, what, what I tell my patients is, is just think about the environment. Um, if there's a lot of draft going on, they need to avoid drafts, overhead ceiling fans. It's probably the biggest culprit I see. People even say, "Well, I, I'm asleep, doctor. How how does the fan affect my eyes?" It very much, it very much can. So Your eyes minute, not asleep. Night, yeah, yeah. Well, the eyes is open can be open just enough to to still be affected by that draft all night long. And so be aware of the environment. And then um, of course, there's over-the-counter artificial tears that are that are very helpful. They come in all sorts of varieties, and um, I usually recommend some, but people find that they have a preference to one or the other, and and sometimes it takes a little bit of trial and error to find one that's what suing. about what about that alcohol versus no alcohol in the eye drops? I've heard that for
2: years. It used to be that alcohol seemed to be in all the eye drops, and that at some point it seemed to be a
1: division. Some
0: sound like it would dry it out. Yeah, that, out, if it had alcohol. know yeah, I so would th-
1: think alcohol would dry right, your eyes yeah. more. Yeah, through through the years, there's been all sorts of they call it the vehicle. So the the, the thing that's it's a, almost a preservative in the in the um, eye drops. So some people are very sensitive to one or the other. There's that. There's uh, actually there's several out there. So you don't have preference. You don't have big preference, alcohol or no alcohol. I don't. Yeah. So they it will depend on the depend on the patient. Some people what some people find soothing, some people find very irritating. So it's a little bit of if one doesn't work, try a different one. The ones that are that I recommend the most are the preservative free ones. So they tend to be a little bit more expensive, but they're ones that uh, for the vast majority of people are the most comfortable. Um, and you can use as what frequently are, what, as you what want. What those ones? They're preservative-free. Oh. So if it comes in a bottle, it's probably preserved. The preservative-free ones generally say preservative-free on the box, but you'll also know because they come in these little droppette, little little plastic little vials rather than a, than a bottle. And those generally are, are better for the eye, especially if you're wanting to use them a, a bunch.
0: I know we spoke about... Uh, diet before uh, for eye care is there a, a correlation between obesity and poor eye sight or problem
1: I don't know of any any connection between obesity mm. and, and poor vision uh, well and, you know certainly there's certain diseases that uh, one that is obese um, has a propensity towards and that would be ma- Diab- or, um, diabetes, diabetes yeah. hypertension cholesterol and, and all those things affect can affect the eyes just as they can affect the rest of the body mm. yeah You have any more questions, Michael?
2: See, it would be the same as sugar. Uh, I think that we do have another one. Uh, Here's a question, by the way. Stuart, what's our uh, email address for questions?
0: Questions at mantalkradio.net.
2: Very good. That's the first time in six weeks you got that right. Uh, right. Our next question (laughs) is from Bill in Lubbock, Texas. And Bill writes every once in a while. I see a spot floating out in front of my left eye maybe two, three times a year. They always seem to go away, and I can't think of anything that seems to trigger them. Oh, I'm 73 years old, and, I've, and this has been happening more frequently as I get older.
1: Should I be worried? Not necessarily. So I, outside of just the complaint of blurry vision, the, the next biggest complaint that I see in my, my patients is floaters. Um, floaters is usually a sign of a a part of the eye that is degenerating. So that part of the eye is called the vitreous. That's the gel that's in the back part of the eye. And as we go throughout life, that vitreous or that gel changes and it, and as it changes, um, it can form little clumps and little clusters and little, and little opacities that we see as floaters. Now, typically that's just par for course, just par for life, but in some cases, as that vitreous changes, it can affect other parts of the eye. So, for example, it can it can change its, or it can make it so that the retina develops a little bit of a, develops a tear or a hole. If that happens, then we can get uh, retina detachment or other problems. So, um, for Bill, um, it definitely warrants an eye exam. He should get into to make sure that the retina is doing okay. But um, um, floaters that that come and go, small floaters that, that that seem familiar to people are generally are generally benign and not not worrisome.
2: Yeah, I, I have one It typically comes in front of the right eye, and it's similar. A couple, two, three times a year, it stays a day or two, and then it's gone. I think it's kind of entertaining. Yeah. It's <laughs> like a little show in front of my eye. It's That's like that heads-up know. display, and the nice cars now are, See so how fast you're going.
1: That's or why
0: you fast can't fast. hit a curveball, Michael, you're seeing floors. Uh, where are the Red Sox? Where yeah. are the Red we Sox? Wanna, we wanna talk, next year we'll talk about that. <laughs> anyway, Dr. Slade, can you tell us a little more about having your eyes dilated and why is this done? You know, people go to the ophthalmologist, have their eyes dilated, can't see for five hours, and uh, hopefully drive home safely.
1: Yeah, I always com- I tell my patients that they have concerns about that. It's like perhaps the best analogy i found is like taking your car to the mechanic Having the mechanic ask him to work on your car, but just lifting the hood like six inches and having him work on the hood. So while they can see in, you can't see the whole thing. So dilating is like allowing the mechanic to open the hood so he can see the whole the whole engine.
2: You after after you have your eyes dilated, it's like
1: an hour or two, right? That you can't really see right. More sometimes, More. yeah. It really depends on the color of the eyes, truthfully. So brown. Blue eyes. The brown, Yeah, so the darker your eyes, the less likely. The longer it takes to dilate, and the quicker the dilation goes away.
0: Yeah, oh. my, yeah. mine are blue, and mine lasts three, four, five hours. Yeah, they Beautiful
1: eyes, Stuart. Yeah. <laughs> they dilate quickly and stay dilated longer. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> we have a little
2: bit of time left. Let's see if we can get one more question in from Bob in Vancouver. Uh, I'm only 43, but my father listens to your show. Ah, I love that. And suggest I write you. I'm starting to strain when I read. I think I'm too young to need those reading glasses my parents use. Plus, I read. I don't. I really don't want to
1: start wearing glasses. What should I do? Um, well, Bob um, is suffering from a condition called presbyopia. I thought it was denial. Yeah, not too. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, presbyopia is just when the natural lens of the eye um, gets less flexible, and because it's not as flexible, it loses its ability to. See things up close. So it happens. It happens to, to, to uh, virtually everybody. Um, um, usually in their 40s, um, sometimes early 40s, but sometimes in their 40s. Um, and he's okay to fight it. There's nothing wrong with fighting it. At some point, he's going to get tired of fighting it, and we'll probably want some readers. But he's certainly doing no harm by by uh, by fighting it. Sounds like a trip to Costco, Bob.
0: Yeah, oh. buy well, two, get one free.
2: We're well. To, uh, wind up the show here and... uh. That'd be great.
0: I think, Dr. Slade, you've given us a lot of information. And uh, as far as more information, why don't you tell our uh, listeners where they can get in touch with you, where your office is, what your phone number is, et cetera.
1: Yeah, so, uh, again, my name is Snow Slade. Um, I work at the uh, St. George Eye Center. Um, Our office is located... Well, we have two locations, actually several, but our main location is off Riverside Drive. Um, It's Building 617, um, we're suite 101 uh, here in St. George, Utah. have a satellite clinic in Mesquite. Um, it's close to Mesa View Hospital. Um, it's Falcon Ridge Parkway, um, number 601 there in, uh, in Mesquite. Is there
0: a phone number at this main office?
1: Yeah, the the phone number for all of our offices um, is uh, 435-628-4507. Great.
2: Okay. Well, thank you. I think, Stuart, uh We haven't really covered cataracts or glaucoma, uh, both very important topics. So, Dr. Slade, how would you like to come back in a week and uh, talk about that? Absolutely.
0: Great. I think it was a great show. Stuart. Be healthy.
2: Be happy, and we'll see you, talk to you next Next week. week.
1: The information presented in this program is provided for general information purposes only and is not, nor is it intended to be, nor is it a substitute for professional medical advice and treatment. This program is not meant to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease or injury. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you've heard on this program. You should always consult a doctor or other health care provider for individual professional medical advice regarding your own health situation.
2: This program is a production of Man Talk Radio, LLC. Copyright Mantalk Radio, LLC, 2019, all rights reserved. We're Michael and Stuart with Mantalk on Radio St. George 100.3 FM. Submit your questions ahead of time to questions at mantalkradio.net. Relisten or watch again. Search Facebook, YouTube, iTunes, Podbean, and Stitcher for Radio St. George or radiostgeorge.com. We'll see you next week for another edition of Man Talk.